Hey, what's up, everybody, and thank you for hitting the play button on the Derek Diamond Experience, and thank you to those who listen every single Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and ddepodcast.com. This week, we'll be continuing our look into the world of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, featuring various members of the Wahoos front office staff. But first, I want to tell you about a great album by my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. It's called Murder Mystery Night and features 10 original tracks, including their single Carne Asada and Twin Peaks, which is also the theme song of the Derek Diamond Experience. You can find Murder Mystery Night on iTunes, Amazon, Google Music, and Spotify. And if you want to follow them on social media, just find them on Facebook, search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and they're also on Instagram and Twitter, at Wranglers. That's at U-W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R-S. You are listening to The Derek Diamond Experience. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of September 3rd, 2015. As always, I'm coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. This week is part two of my look inside the Blue Wahoos. And this week, we're going to be taking a look at the management side, the front office side of minor league baseball. And there are a lot of interviews this week because people don't realize how many departments there are and what it takes to run a professional sports organization. So you're going to be hearing from a lot of people who are associated with the Blue Wahoos. And those are broadcaster Tommy Thrall, head of community relations Donna Kirby, director of human resources Dick Baker, executive chef Travis Wilson, creative service manager Adam Waldron, media relations and public relations manager Mary Jane Gardner, group sales executives Michael Taylor and Joey DeShera, Director of Merchandise, Denise Richardson. Clubhouse Manager, Willie Lawrence. Director of Food and Beverage, Afonso Jefferson. And Head Groundskeeper, Ray Sayer. And in closing, I would just like to say thank you to all of the people that I just listed. It's been a blast working with them. And actually doing these interviews helped me understand and appreciate more what they do to get ready for a Blue Wahoos game. So without further ado, here is part two of my look inside the Blue Wahoos. Back here with the voice of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos broadcaster, Mr. Tommy Thrall. Tommy, how you doing? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on today. So this is your fourth season here with the Blue Wahoos. We're wrapping up. There were wrapping up a ten-game homestand as we record this. What's been different about this season compared to others? Because you've been here since the beginning. Yeah, I have. Um, you know, I I think it's just everybody's just used to the the concept of of minor league baseball now. People have a better understanding of. Of how the game works, I think the fans are are more in tune to the action. I think a little more uh, than than the first few years. Not that they weren't into it. I mean, the fans have always been tremendous here, but but they just seem to be locked in a little more. There's a lot of nuances about minor league baseball that a lot of people don't understand when there's a new team because they haven't seen it before. I mean, that's natural. It was it's the uh, same thing with me when I get got into the game uh, initially. You see, you're used to watching games at the major league levels and and seeing pitchers, you know, try to go 9 innings all the time and and you know, the the guys that are hitting the best are the ones that always play. Well, down here it's it's there's so much about development combined with winning um, that that you see some things that that make you scratch your head sometimes but you understand it's just part of the, the development process so uh, I think I think the the understanding of, of, of how minor league baseball works which is certainly not easy uh, has really grown in the community as far as as far as the organization's concerned I think the uh, the organization's grown and and adapted uh, as the needs have, have kind of gone on through the through the years I mean it's it's been a great four years and this is by far the most well-run organization I've ever been a part of Definitely. I, I would definitely agree with you there. Um, tell us a little bit, what, what made you want to get into broadcasting? Is it something that you 
knew you wanted to do at an early age? Because I, I know you've always been a fan of baseball, but what was it that made you want to go into broadcasting? Yeah, I've, I've pretty much had a pretty strong passion for baseball uh, since I was really little. And um, for me, it was, you know, just being in love with the, the radio. Uh, I grew up, I, I used to act like I was a radio DJ, you know, in my parents' living room when I was a little kid. And anytime I was playing a CD and changing songs, I was the DJ. And, and because radio has always been something to me that's been magical. And so that, that, was, that was what really got me hooked. Uh, I was hooked on radio first, and I wanted to play baseball. <laughs> and then I realized pretty quickly I wasn't going to be able to play baseball anymore. Well, baseball teams have radio announcers. So it was a perfect a combination to, to, to really incorporate the, the two passions that I had. And uh, it's it's kept me in the game. I'm, I've certainly made it a lot farther here than I would have if I ever tried to play it on a, <laughs> you know, at a con, on a consistent basis. What's funny is you mentioning that baseball to me is still the best sport to listen to on a radio. Like I could listen to a baseball game on the radio, but when it comes to like football or hockey, because I've tried listening to both of those and it just doesn't have the same effect that baseball does. No, it's it's there's somebody described it as that there's a romance with radio and it, it works so perfectly with baseball because baseball done properly on the air is you're just you're you're somebody else that that's a guest in someone's home or in someone's life. Uh, football, basketball, hockey, they're all there's there's such high impact, high intensity sports that it's just a it's a it's completely different delivery, almost a different cadence to the way the game's uh, broadcast. And so I think that's what part of what makes baseball great is baseball, you have the ability, if you do it right, to take the listener to the game wherever it is. You, you bring them to the game. Um, and if anybody ever tells me, you know, I feel like I'm at the game when I listen to you do a game, then that's that's the ultimate compliment. It doesn't get any better than that. And you try and, to paint a picture exactly. Basically. And and you don't you don't have the ability to do that with basketball or, or football. You can try, but it's not nearly the same. I mean, you're you can get pretty crafty with baseball, and that's part of what makes it so much fun. You know, I've done a little TV and obviously a lot of radio and. There's there's a greater challenge with radio that makes it a, a little more fun. Definitely. Describe what process you go through to prepare for a game. You come in, what are the steps you go through to prepare to call a baseball game? It's a season-long process, but you know, with basketball, you know, you're you're preparing for a few days leading up to it with football, it's a week-long process. You're talking to coaches, you're watching practice, you're, you know, it's a it's a week's worth of research and preparation with baseball it's a season long thing where you know you, you try to get all your preparation done and, and come up with the notes i've got a program that i found last year that i'm in love with it's actually called notebooks shameless plug um and that's what helps me stay organized during a game so i put all my notes in for each player uh for the other team and that's that's what i mainly go off of and then other things, I'll just try to keep up to date with what's going on in the baseball world and, and keep up with it while the game's going on. Uh, last night, for instance, Justin Verlander was working on a no-hitter. You're listening to baseball. You're, you're talking to baseball fans. They're they're interested in a no-hitter going on, even in the major leagues. So we talk about that a little bit during the game. And and just you know knowing who's doing what, um, my, my score sheet compared to a lot of guys is really basic. Defensively, I write down the number of errors a guy's have uh, a guy has and how many outfield assists he has. Uh, for the position players, I write in the lineup and then batting average, home runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. Keep it pretty simple. And then, you know, I I, I try not to get into the numbers a whole lot unless they help tell the story because you can get into telling too many numbers and then it it gets muddled and you you, you don't necessarily the listener has trouble following it and even the the most devout baseball fan will have trouble following all the numbers if you don't have a visual to go with it. So you, you say something like, uh, Seth's great with runners in scoring position, and then you give the numbers. Why? Well, so far this year, he's been up 15 times. He has seven hits, and he leads the team in RBIs. So that's in those situations. You use them more uh, as, a, as a backup to a point instead of just trying to rely on them heavily. So the preparation, going back to the original question, uh, it, it, it's just a, it's a process and, and just trying to get to know the players and, and know as much about them when you come up, but you've got your notes handy in case you don't know it off the top of your head. Gotcha. And last question, you've lived in Pensacola for a few years. I know you're originally from Missouri. 
when you're not at the ballpark or during the offseason, what are some of your favorite places in Pensacola to go, whether it be to eat or just hang out? Well, I was, you know, we're, we've got a lot of Reds folks in town right now, and I was just talking to Jerry Walker, and I said my favorite, one of my favorite things about this town, I came from Davenport, Iowa, and I like Davenport, Iowa, but I will be the first to tell you, and I will tell the people of Davenport, Iowa, that the eating there is not the best, <laughs> uh, which is amazing because it's so close to Chicago. I love to go out to new restaurants. I love to explore places that I haven't been to eat yet in Pensacola, and I've got a few of my favorites as well. But, you know, that's that's one of my favorite things to do. Sky's Pizza Pie, if it's, uh, you know, lazy Friday evening, then I'm going to grab some pizza and, oh, and stay in and watch a movie. Love that place. Um, other than that, the beach is, is kind of my sanctuary. Uh, it's I I've got a fairly busy schedule. Um, there's other people that are that are more busy than I am, but you know what? I have some downtime. That's kind of where I like to recharge and relax and and swim and uh, find the most secluded area of beach that I can find, and uh, that helps me kind of escape a little bit. And that's what I like about Pensacola. Also, is that even in the dead of summer, there's a quiet stretch of beach somewhere, and you don't have to go that far to find it. And I love that. Perfect. Well, Tommy, thank you very much for your time. Enjoyed it, Derek. Always a pleasure. Now here with the Director of Guest Services and Community Relations, Miss Donna Kirby. Donna, how are you doing? Hey, Derek. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, absolutely. So you've, you've been here since the beginning, uh-huh. right? Since 2012. Yep. How did you get the job with the Wahoos? Well, you know, ironically, I was, I'm from California. And in 2009, you know, the recession was hitting and I lost my job. They closed our office back in California. And I thought, I'm going to go visit my fa- my uh, parents in Pensacola for three weeks because when am I ever going to get three weeks of vacation? So hit the road, came over here, surprised them, and I haven't left yet. And uh, I was just actually, you know, trying to, the recession got really bad and jobs were hard to come by and stuff. And then I just kind of fell in love with Pensacola. I was uh, temping in the area and I always heard about the baseball team that was coming to Pensacola and was very excited about that because I'm a huge baseball fan. And then one day a position for a merchandise manager popped up and that was my entire background leading up to this. So I applied and I got it. So you started in merchandise? I did, yeah. Oh, my, I did not know that. Yeah, my first job was as the merchandise manager. So set up the team store for opening day and uh, had that ready and ran it for the first year. And then uh, with the uh, the uh, you know help of Denise Richardson who runs it now she was my assistant at the time she's taken over and just done a wonderful job but yeah that was my inroads to the Blue Wahoos. Well, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, learn something of, new every day. See, see all sorts of fun stuff. Running community relations mm-hmm. and guest services, what exactly do you do? Like on a, I guess on a, like a non-game day and a game day basis. Like we can start with on a game day. Mm-hmm. What exactly do you do to prep for a game? Right. You know, and uh, it's game days are a little bit more structured than, say, non-game days. You know, it's not to be too cliche, but there's no similar, like no same day. But on game days, we come in, we've got our pregame meetings at 830 in the morning and we discuss what's coming up and what can what sort of entertainment acts do we have coming in. The whole team gets together and kind of goes department by department what they have going on for the game. Um, as director of guest services, I'm also in charge of all the surveying that goes on, all the surveys we send out to fans to find out what are we doing that's working, how can we improve, you know, what other things can we bring to the stadium to provide that ultimate fan experience. So uh, part of my mornings is usually involved in reviewing all of the comments that we've received on surveys and then uh, distributing that out to the department heads so that they can reach out to fans and find out, you know, more about any uh, feedback that they might have for us. Be, you being that you've been here since the beginning, mm-hmm. what have been some of your personal favorite highlights oh, from gosh. working here? There have been so many. Oh, obviously, working with you, Derek. Well, I was hoping that that wouldn't be on your list. It's <laughs> at <laughs> so the top of my list. What are you talking about? Uh, no, actually, you know, I feel so for. I pinch myself still. I mean, we're we're wrapping up season four, and I pinch myself every day still. I love baseball. I love the team we work with. I love everything we're doing in the community. Um, you know, as far as memories and highlights that we've had there have been so many you know going back to that inaugural season I've never been through anything like that before it was 150 miles per hour but we loved every second of it we saw everything that first season it seemed like I mean we had the no hitter we had Billy Hamilton you know setting the stealing the stolen bases record we had just so many different things going on that was just um, almost like a fairy tale it seemed like it was just remarkable and then 
just the people who we've seen come through these doors have, have been highlights for me. You know, just meeting Bubba Watson and getting to see all the different celebrities we've had out. And and uh, not to sound too corny, though, just the overall teamwork that we have that goes on day in and day out here from the game day staff through the front office and even working with the coaches and players and all that on player appearances and reaching out to the community. It's just uh, it's been fantastic. Perfect. Well, Donna, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Back here with the Director of Human Resources, Mr. Dick Baker. How are you, sir? Well, I'm fine. How are you? Doing well. Doing very, very well. We just wrapped up the 10-game homestand. Feel pretty refreshed after a good night's sleep, so I'm, I'm good to go. I am, too. I got a good night's sleep, too, and probably uh, in the three years I've been around here, that was the most interesting and exciting homestand, particularly the game last night. It was. It, it really was. So you said three years. So you started working here in 2013? For that season, just right at the beginning of that that year, yes. And how did you find out about the human resources job at the Wahoos? Uh, I found out about it. I think from uh, either a call from Quint Studer or perhaps maybe I had heard a little bit about it or suggested that uh, I, that I call by Dick Appleyard, who is a friend and probably helps him in some respects. Very good. So you're Director of Human Resources. What exactly is your role? At? What do you do here at the Wahoos? Uh, I guess probably uh, uh to a large degree administrative paperwork but also I guess it's uh, uh, we are very concerned here about making sure that we select and train the best people because we're all about customer service and we want to make sure that the people we have are very very good about customer service that they uh, like working here that they're very good at being accommodating to the public and and so it's important to have all that and then there's a a fair amount of effort we do here that maybe some other places would not because we want those employees to be uh, have a good job experience, be engaged, that we be very fair to them and then also we hope that the ones that are good, which are almost all of them, uh, will choose to come back and do this. It's not an easy thing necessarily to do. A lot of them have full daytime jobs. I'm talking primarily now of course about the game day people, but they have full daytime jobs like probably you do lots of days and then it's here to late at night and uh, you got to have a lot of enthusiasm to uh, mm -hmm. have done whatever you do for 12 hours and then come here and try and keep up that enthusiasm and energy so it's it is that uh, and then probably with the people who are full-time here and more than one year we're really strongly interested in them developing their own careers and that take this experience to get a better job and that's important for almost all of them to get a better job somewhere else hopefully a sports organization and probably one that's at a, a higher level and one that pays better I can imagine going through the hiring process because I can only imagine the number of people that apply here because I know you go through the entire hiring process and setting up orientation and everything you've got to spend a lot of hours doing that well uh, yes and it's w well worth it and there is some aspect to that but it also involves not to just to flatter you sir but it also involves getting the right people to help us interview people select people and and you know a couple times you have uh, been recruited to come down and interview and help us select and particularly as it relates to the uh, area of all of the production and the game day experience that you guys put on uh, you're far right. better at it than I am and that's more often true than not. The people here that work here are better at involved in selecting in these interview process than I am. And last question, what's been one of your favorite memories in your time here with the Wahoos? It can be something that happened, you know, on field. It could just be, you know, an overall fan experience. What What's a personal highlight for you working here? Well, I guess I'd have to say that since I don't have the greatest of memories, I suspect last night was one of them. Uh, when we were, uh, we've been having, a, I guess, less than completely full stadium lately, at least in terms, not so much ticket sales, but people here. Here we are in a pennant race, but we're at school started and all that. But last night, we uh, got that fan excitement going when we were up four to one, and then they came back over a couple innings, we're up eight to four, and you started to see the, 
people who really have got to get to work early this morning kind of lose interest and uh, kind of fade out of here. But for those diehard and most of us that stayed here with it to come back and win 8-4, to to really put themselves with that game into a, a better chance at the playoffs, which we've never been to, uh, almost assuredly a better than 500 second half, which we've never had. So it, it, that was probably pretty good. I'd, uh, that'd be a highlight. And I think probably it's uh, uh, kind of the end of the season each year that I've been here to have seen end of seasons and just kind of the uh, uh, maybe exhilaration about everybody that's working here that they uh, have been very, very successful. Uh, working with the people here is the most fun, but that goes on year-round and even in the winter. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. Well, thank you for having me here, sir. Back here with the guy who has, in my opinion, the most enviable job at Bayfront Stadium, Chef Travis Wilson. Chef, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I appreciate that uh, intro. You might no. be the only one who thinks that, but <laughs> I mean, I, I've always, <laughs> I've never been that great at cooking, but I always like doing it. So, you know, seeing someone who can make all the cool things that you do, it, it, I'm kind of envious of it. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, funny story. When I was <clears throat> growing up, I wouldn't even like to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Really? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I just, I think the first thing I ever made that I was like, wow, this is fun, is uh, scrambled eggs and poached eggs. Nice. Kinda Never weird, been able to yeah. pull off the poached eggs. See, that's what I'm saying. They're my favorite way to eat eggs. And once I mastered it, I was like, you know, cooking, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, you know. Now, did you go to like a, a culinary school? I sure didn't. I went to the uh, the school of hard knocks, as they say. <laughs> My first job was um, cutting the bread for meatball subs and doing dishes at Firehouse Subs. Oh wow! Yeah. And then, so, are, uh, are you a, a lifelong resident? I am, uh, except for a few years. I mean, I was almost born on the beach. My mom says I'm about four hours removed from her being at the beach to being in labor with me. So. I like to feel this is my hometown, minus a few years when I was younger in uh, New York and South Carolina, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm a Very cool. Homegrown. Very cool. And how did you get the job here with the Wahoos, and how long have you been working here? I've been here since the beginning, since we uh, started this beautiful expedition that we're on. Uh, I worked with Chris Voorhees, who was the executive chef for me at a, another restaurant. I was his sous chef, and that restaurant closed, and we both kind of went our separate ways for a little bit. He went into... Uh, selling like steaks and meats and stuff to restaurants and i just floated around working at different places and he gave me a call and said hey i'm about to take over this baseball stadium do you want to come be a part of it and here we are four years later the rest is history the rest is magic as they say what's been your favorite aspect of cooking at a ballpark because i, I like to think that you guys do something that's unique you guys really offer like restaurant quality food at a ballpark so what what do you think makes you guys stand out over anybody else that might you know cook at a ballpark well i think the level of uh the quality we hold ourselves to given the fact that we survey fans every day so if they don't like something they're gonna let us know which helps us fix it and um the fact that we're not restrained to a certain type of food like they've kind of given me free reign to come up with different things and see if it works and see if it doesn't because a lot of chefs, as they say, you know, he's just an Italian chef or he just knows how to do fine dining. Or like, I feel a place like this with so many different like areas and so many different facets to it is the creativity is very, very um, prevalent. So I'm not really bogged down by any title. Like, yeah, we do hot dogs, hamburgers, but I mean, shrimp and grits, shrimp po' boys, fish tacos, you know, all kinds of stuff that most places don't have. Fresh mullet. Fresh mullet. Have to go get that just about every day. Mm-hmm. And some and speaking of the creativity, something you guys do every homestand is you make a special to kind of coincide with the opposing team. You know, there's there's been a lot of good ones like the chicken on a biscuit, the skirt steak sandwich. There's been so many other ones, but what what's been your personal favorite one that you've made? Uh, it would almost be the bookend, either the first one, which was the uh, jackpot nachos, mm-hmm. which was a pretty. A pretty big Those hit. were really good. Yeah, the seafood nachos. I mean, you don't really get that at a stadium. Or the one that we just had with the uh, chicken waffles, the Cracker Jack chicken waffles. Those, I think, might have been the best ones they this were, year. They were received pretty well, surprisingly enough, because some of those days we had uh, light attendance, but we we sold them like hotcakes. I just, I never would have thought, 
Cracker Jack chicken. But it, kinda, it worked. Yeah, it works out because the Cracker Jacks, they have that sweetness with the nuttiness of the actual, you know, the nuts involved. So I just figured, why not play off that? And, you know, chicken waffles is such a big thing down the South. Mm-hmm. Represent. What's been your favorite aspect of working here at the Blue Wahoos? Uh, I think, like like we talked about a minute ago, just the freedom of creativity because, you know, people don't realize we have catered areas where we do a different menu every night. So say one night I'm doing grilled pork chops or one night I'm doing prime rib or one night I'm doing, you know, chicken carbonara. Like just just the variety of things that we can offer it really it's helped me grow as a chef because when you're in a restaurant, you can only do what you're allowed to do in yeah. a way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're, pigeon, yeah. you're pigeonholed somewhere. Yeah, I gotcha. And last thing, on a game day, what what would you say is your daily process that you go through? Like, what what time do you get to the stadium, and what are the what, what do you do on a normal game day in order to prep for when games start? Well, um, the prep for the games comes in the days leading up to it, as in coming up with all the menus for the different areas, getting all the deliveries in the day before. Then the day of, probably get here about nine o'clock, and then just kind of go through which menu needs the most prep like obviously we feed the team so that can kind of be the last thing to get prepped but starts from nine and ends probably about 11 11 30 sometimes you know just because you guys are one of the last groups to leave the park yeah absolutely well food and beverage you kind of you're stuck with that kind of stigma you're the late night guys but you know it is what it is yeah that's true all right chef well thank you very much for your time absolutely my pleasure back here with the guy who sits to my right every single day at Pensacola Bayfront Stadium. The man who runs the press box, the creative service manager, Mr. Adam Waldron. Adam, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Derek. I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Um, well, first of all, thank you for taking time to, to do this interview. I always make sure I make time for the Derek Diamond experience. I know that I've probably frequented uh, a little bit more than, than some of the other guests that you've had on so far in this episode. So That's true. I'll always take out the time. Well, I appreciate that. So how originally did you come to work at the Blue Wahoos? Uh, well, it's actually kind of a little bit of an inter- interesting story. Um, I, I was an intern in the during the inaugural season in 2012. Um, uh, I went to go uh, get an internship uh, to kind of fill out my senior year. And they had already set me up to go to a local TV station to go do my internship and everything there. And uh, it was just so happened that I asked my, you know, I asked I asked my uh, internship manager, you know, is there anything happening down at the ballpark? Because it was brand new. They hadn't finished building it yet. And uh, so and, and they had a they had a little form there and it was actually for a broadcast uh uh, internship to help uh, the broadcaster Tommy Thrall, and, but when I called uh, Andrew Dembski, the uh, current creative service manager, picked up the phone and I kind of told him what my degree was in, and he said, "Well, actually, I'm looking for somebody," and we just kind of went from there. I went and did my interview um, and uh, got got the internship. And now you're the manager. How did you get to the manager position? Uh, well, you know, I, I went through the path that a lot of, uh, a lot of front office, front office staff members went through. Um, I was an intern. Uh, I then was a trainee, uh, but during early on in, in, in the trainee year, uh, it was 2013, uh, my predecessor, Andrew left, uh, left the organization to go, uh, pursue, um, some other avenues. And, uh, I was kind of, Left there, and they they kind of sat there and said, "Hey, we're going to put the faith that that you're going to do a good job this year." And uh, at the time, it was me and my other trainee part, uh, Alex. Uh, we kind of took over. She ran pretty much promotions, on field activities, and all that type of stuff. And then I ran the production room and uh, kind of kept all that stuff in line. And uh, out of that, I, I guess they, I did a good enough job to uh, to get offered the manager position uh, following the 2013 season. What's your process of going through a game day? Like, you know, it's the day of a game. When you get to the stadium, what's the process that you and your staff go through 
to get ready for a game? Well, probably like everyone else has told you, we get here at 8.30 on a game day. Um, and the first thing that we do is uh, we get the script ready, which you're pretty well versed in at this point in time. Uh, you get the script ready. Uh, you look at what you need made uh, for the game coming up. We have a lot of theme nights. We have a lot of uh, fun things that we do out here uh, at the ballpark. And uh, we, we make all that stuff from scratch. So, I mean, it's everything from uh, making graphics for the video board to making rotators to uh, cutting out dinosaur skulls to put on, on the concourse and hanging up streamers for Little Princess Night. So uh, that's kind of really the, the breaking down the days. It always starts with a script because we need to know what we need and we need to know what we're going to do that night. And then what, from there we can uh, go ahead and make our headshots, um, you know, make all the content that we're going to need for the game. What's been your personal favorite experience working with the Wahoos? It could be something that happened during a game it could be something that you know you got to do as a member of the wahoo staff you know outside of a game what what's something that really jumps out at you uh one thing that i know i personally uh cling on to is uh the rally fish that happens during the uh the 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 middle of the ninth inning the rally fish um that was something that me uh another trainee kind of came up with in 2013 as a as a cool way to pump up the crowd because uh, in that middle of the night spot we don't have sponsorship we don't have all that stuff it's kind of wide open uh, so it gives us the freedom to do uh, things that might be a little bit more abstract a little bit more creative and uh, a little bit more fun and you know I think at the last count we've made 15 um, I've made 14 out of those 15 uh, so that's kind of just one of those things that that I really like to do um, and that I really feel I, it's kind of funny as I really feel like I, I give to the organization is, is what's your baby is, is those things. Yes. That's the thing I hold close to my heart. But uh, another cool thing obviously was fat Albert doing the fat Albert flight. Yeah. It was just awesome. I mean, so hot on that plane. I guess it was so hot, but it was so awesome. It I was went home and watched Top Gun that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you didn't, then, you know, I don't know I mean, what you're thinking. Yeah. I don't know. It was the perfect, you know, yeah, I mean, it, that's just one of those things that, you know, as part of the community, everybody knows who the Blue Angels are. And, you know, when you get an opportunity like that, you don't turn it down. Yeah, big shout out to Mike Lindsay for, for helping us set that up. Absolutely. One of our game day staff. Mm -hmm. All right, Adam, well, thank you very much for your time. Back here with the media and public relations manager of the Blue Wahoos, Miss Mary Jane Gardner. Mary Jane, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Derek. How are you today? Doing good. Doing good. What exactly is your role with the Blue Wahoos? Like, what what are your responsibilities on a normal day basis? Well, first thing, there is no normal day for me. Um, doing media and public relations, I have to do. Um, I'm in charge of all of our social media accounts. That's at Blue Wahoos B Ball. Give a little shout out to our Twitter and Instagram account. Uh, so, in charge of the website, press releases game notes, um, player transactions, any um, interview requests that come through, as well as just, you know, making sure that the Blue Wahoo's name and logo is, is out there in the community. And you do a very good job of it, by the way. Well, thank you. Thank you. As you're always seeing stuff on Instagram, Facebook. I think it's honestly the most active I've seen the social media since I've been here. Well, thank you. That's It's honestly one of my favorite things to do. And the job is social media. For me, it's it's fun to go onto Twitter and see, hey, we had 25 people like this, you know. So it's really great to see when I post something that it's actually getting out there to the community. Now, how did you actually get the job with the Wahoos? Because I know you worked at Florida State beforehand. Correct. I worked at Florida State in their athletics department for 10 years. And doing so, I actually got to meet Tommy, our radio broadcaster. He would uh, come to town covering Florida State, and we got to develop a relationship that way. And uh, when they decided to create this position, he he was the one that told me about it. So I uh, I put my name in. I emailed Dick Baker, and here I am now. And what are your responsibilities, say, on a game day basis? Because it's you know everyone gets here at eight thirty in the morning for the meeting, but after that, what are your responsibilities? What do you do to get ready for a game? Well, the first thing I do on a game day is create a stat pack. So I log on to minor league baseball's website. And I just grab all the stats there. It's about 20 pages long. 
and I print them off for both clubhouses so that way each manager gets them and then each pitching coach and hitting coach gets one um, and then I just work with my trainee doing the game notes um, and then that's usually around noon when those are done then after that I just start planning my day for social media um, I have a pretty intense schedule of when to post things what times to post things uh, the sponsors that we put with them and then at the game um, I'm in charge of our official scorer and our stringer and scoreboard operator so make sure they have what they need to do to do their job like lineups um, I have to go down to each clubhouse to get the lineups from each manager um, make little sheets to give to the scouts um, to media who's covering us and just make sure everybody has what they need in order to cover the game correctly sounds like a lot of responsibilities um, it is but it's a lot of fun yeah, I can imagine. So what's been one of your personal favorite memories? It can be, you know, something that happened during a game or something you got, you got to do on behalf of the organization outside of the ballpark. But when people ask you, you know, what's been some favorite things you've done with the Wahoos? What are some things that jump out to mind? Well, the first thing that jumps out to mind is the Blue Angels flight. Yes. Fat Albert was absolutely amazing and getting to work with Michael Lindsay who you know works with you was absolutely tremendous to give our team and front office you know opportunity to do that the other one um, has to involve one of the players um, you know I get to know all the players pretty well just having to see them every day and uh, one of them was Kiva Sampson mm-hmm. great guy he had to do post game interviews very intelligent well spoken you could tell he was very just intelligent about baseball and next thing you know, he got called up to Louisville, and then he got called up to the Reds, and he got a start. So that's amazing to see somebody that I worked with is now starting in the major leagues. And for me, that was a great moment. I had no idea that he started for the Reds. That's awesome. He did. He did. He started a few games pitching for them, and he's doing a good job up there. Cool. Very cool. Well, Mary Jane, thank you very much for your time. It was great. Well, thanks for having me, Derek. Back here with the group sales guys sales team. of the Blue Wahoos, Michael Taylor and Joey DeShera. Guys, how you doing? Outstanding, Derek Devin. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. 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 Doing very well. I uh, just wanted to ask you guys a few questions about your, your time here. Uh, how, how long have both of you been working here at the Wahoos? I've been here since the first season. Uh, we started here in 2012. Um, conveniently, I graduated from college the same year and got an internship here. Uh, in 2012 after my degree so I've been here since then. I've been here since the second year. I actually came on as a trainee um, just after Joey and actually worked for Joey um, and then been here ever since. Sweet. Uh, what, what did you guys intern and were, were you a trainee in? I started in the box office. Um, it was funny when I got my internship here I met with Jonathan our vice president at the time um, and he, we just kind of walked around the front office looking for a, a job for me to do. And he said, huh, looks like we need somebody in tickets. So I worked in tickets, and I was in the box office for uh, that first year of my internship. I came on at the second year um, in the box office as well. I actually worked under Joey and Eric, and then ended up, after that season was over, ended up getting asked to be on full-time with the group sales team. And what exactly goes through the, the group sales? Like, what, what is your primary role running group sales? Our primary role in group sales is to, to fill the seats in the ballpark for every game outside of season tickets and single game tickets, where we're still required to sell those as well. But uh, you can only sell so many season tickets and so many single game tickets. So we are, are required to fill the party decks with groups um, and the rest of the seats with groups. So... Um, really your, your pre-sales are your season tickets and your single game tickets, but your groups are uh, what kind of seals the deal for a packed house. And if someone wanted to get a group package, what exactly are the steps to go through? Uh, they would either need to uh, call us or just go on our website on bluewahoos.com, um, and they would need about 25 or at 25 minimum um, to be a group, or if they wanted to do a birthday party, it's around about 10 minimum as far as kids go. Um, and any kind of Field of Dreams packages that we offer. So it's between 10 to 25, just depending on what they're looking at uh, doing. Also, if a kid wants to uh, have their birthday uh, sung on the dugout, they can do that too, right? Oh, yeah. Derek Diamond helps us out. <laughs> I always tell you guys where it's going to be. <laughs> exactly. We tend to forget uh, about <laughs> once every four or five games. So. Uh, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yep. So I'll just radio up to you. 
preparing for a game, like say you guys get here on a game day, what are the steps that you go through to get ready for a game? Uh, well, we start out, um, most people don't know this, but for a 6.30 game, we get here at 8.30 in the morning. We do our, our game day meeting, and that's where we kind of let everybody and other departments know what we're going to be doing for the game, and so they're prepared as well. Um, so we start off with that. That usually lasts about an hour or so, and then um, throughout the rest of the day, we're catching up on um, future clients who are coming out in future days, and we're also prepping the stadium uh, as far as our party decks and all the merchandise and food that those groups will need while they're here. So it's a full day's worth of work um, as far as getting ready for that game, preparing for that game that day, as well as the games the next day and the next day and the next day as well. So it's a uh, preparing ahead is, is what we're good at and what we do. And last question, what's both of your uh, personal favorite memories working here? It can be something that happened at a game. It could be something that you did outside of the ballpark as a member of the organization. What, what's something that you know, jumps out at you if somebody asks you, what's your favorite memory of working here? Uh, mine would probably be the 4th of July game last year when Winker hit the walk-off and uh, fireworks, and that was one of the few games we won on a Saturday, so it was kind of nice. Yeah, I would agree with that. The the Winker home run, we had about 5,600 people in our stadium when we really only hold 5,000. So that was awesome to see us uh, hit a walk-off home run on the 4th of July. And the fireworks, like you said. But my favorite personal one is, I think it was not this past season, but the year before, 2013. Uh, our game got rained out one day, and we had the tarp on the field, and everybody just decided to do tarp slides on the field for about two hours worth. So we stayed late. Uh, had fun and our bodies were hurting like heck for the next <laughs> I week. A good pair of pants it felt too. like, yeah. So good times outside of baseball. Yeah, I remember seeing the Facebook photos because I was just on game day staff that year, but I was like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was well, fun. It was fun while we did it, but it hurt you really can, bad. Yeah, you would be surprised how much of a workout that was because I, I hurt the next so. day. Yeah. I did want to ask you guys what what are some things that you uh, you do outside of of work because uh, I've said this before, but Michael Taylor, I like to call my fantasy football nemesis. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if they really want to hear it. <laughs> fantasy football is a big one, yeah. Um, and yes, I am your ne- nemesis. In fact, I think the whole sales department has been upstairs nemesis. Yeah, for the we were actually talking about that at lunch. We, uh, we bring in the brooms to sweep up the upstairs every now and then. You literally brought a broom. Yeah, we don't. don't Judging by the way that I just saw the uh, creative services room, it looks like it needs another broom, maybe more like a vacuum. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll bring vacuum next time instead of the room. (laughs) But I would say we do a lot of uh, (laughs) fantasy uh, football, baseball, really any kind of. We've even done hockey before. Um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. we know nothing about hockey, but we we did it. Um, And then as far as I go, I I like to um, golf is something we picked up on. Um, just recently doing a lot more of that. Can't say we're very good, but we have a lot of fun going out. It's still fun, even if you're not very good at it. Oh, yeah. We yeah, we're still. definitely getting better. As you said, we've picked up on golf, been playing it a lot lately, and um, we're fortunate enough to get to play for free at one of the nicest courses down here in the area, um, mm-hmm. really whenever we want to. So free sport that you can play, and golf is something you can play until you're 80 years old if you're lucky enough to be alive at that time. So. Um, football season's coming up too. Go Tigers. Yeah. More of a gainer here. Yeah, same here. All right. Well, thanks, guys. It was fun. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, Derek Dow. Back here with the director of merchandise with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Miss Denise Richardson. Denise, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you, Derek? Doing good. Doing good. So, how did you get your job with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos? Have you been here since the beginning? I've been here since March of 2012. I was actually in the Rhodes building before the stadium was complete. So I was part of the crew that came over here and moved into the stadium like the day after they said that we could actually move in. Um, I got started, we had a job fair, the Blue Wahoos rather, it was before I was a part of them, but Blue Wahoos had a job fair like we do every year now. And I was working as a temp for a uh, insurance company. It was probably the most boring job I ever had in my life. And I had a friend that called me, I think on Super Bowl Sunday. And he was like, hey, you know that the baseball team's gonna be here in April. Uh, They're building the stadium. They're gonna have a job fair. And I, like I said, I was a temp and kind of just looking for other opportunities. I was like, well, you know, I'll go try it out. And not even looking for anything full-time really or thinking that you know all the full-time positions were probably full i came in and applied for i think a part-time position with the box office Mm -hmm. i uh 
interviewed with the lady that used to do community relations and then she passed my resume along to Van who used to be in the box office and then she called me a few days later and I had another interview with um, Van and Travis and then I met Bruce which was as you can probably imagine pretty entertaining Mm -hmm. first time you meet Bruce Baldwin but um So after that, they called me back and told me to come to the third round of interviews with, it was with all the part-time people at the, I guess the third round of the job fair. But that was when I talked to Bruce, like had a full on conversation with him. And it basically ended with, well, I have a good feeling about you, so I'm gonna hire you, but I don't know what the hell you're gonna do. So that was how I got hired. (laughs) Nice. Now, how did you get the job with merchandise? Well, in the first year, it wasn't so much that they really asked you what you wanted to do when you were a trainee. It was they kind of put you where we had a need. And Donna got hired. I think she got hired maybe three days before I did. So um, when after they wrapped up the job fairs, uh, Donna and Bruce sat down and talked and Bruce told her about me, said, I have a girl, you know, I don't know exactly what I want her to do, but I think she'd be a good fit with you. So I came in that third day, I think it was Donna's third day, I came in that day and sat and talked with Donna and she told me about all her experience with uh, working for Warner Brothers and um, Disney and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, Donna's awesome. So yeah, <laughs> so I pretty much considered myself pretty lucky to be able to come into this industry with someone like Donna overseeing me and basically turning into a mentor. And I can't tell you how much I've learned from Donna, just not only in this industry, but, you know, retail and math and Excel. Let me tell you, I don't like either of those things. And Donna's <laughs> so good at both of them. But that was so they just kind of put me in merchandise and it happened to be a really good fit because I really like to shop. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never actually told you this, but I'm a sucker for merchandise. So anytime I walk in that store, I want to buy something. That's I don't awesome. Know what, I don't know what it is, but ever <laughs> since I was a kid, I've always even when going to theme parks, yeah. I like looking at the merchandise. And That's I always awesome. end up with something. You know, when I was a kid, I'd always talk my parents into yeah. getting something. I so. was the same way. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you do to prepare for a game day? Like say the day of a game arrives from the time you get here until the time you leave, what is the process that you go through to get ready for a game? Well, it's generally, it's kind of a routine thing for me. Um, You know, depending on whether or not there was a game the night before or not, you kind of, I'll come in after our meeting and, you know, we address whatever we need to address at that point, but I just go in the store every day. I kind of take a look around, you know, see what you can kind of at first glance, see what your biggest needs are. And then that way you can, I, when my interns or my trainee comes in, I can give them an idea of what we kind of need to need to focus on for that day. Did we get anything new in? Then that's probably what we need to focus on. It just kind of depends on what the needs for the day are, but at any point you're always going to want to just make sure that the store is presentable which is a big thing because you know it's visual so you gotta kind of make sure that everything's in place and then if it's kind of all been the same for a while switch it up a little bit you know rotate a rack you you would be surprised the difference that it makes if you just turn a rack like Mm -hmm. 45 degrees like to another side and something else is visible but that's the biggest thing i think is just making sure that the store is ready um, you know, you have like your kind of back of house things, you know, you got to make sure you have enough change to sustain the need throughout the night. Um, you know, sometimes we have a merchandise satellite down first baseline. So you kind of need to see what you need out there. You know, is it thirsty Thursday? Do you want to put a lot of koozies out there? Other than that, it's really just, I think once you've done it so long, it's kind of an in- instinct, you know what you're gonna need, what you're not gonna need. Plus you can always go on trends that you have. With our um, point of sale system, you can see everything that sold good at for this day, say last year, or on this specific day of the week, two weeks ago, or last month. So you can kind of see where your trends are and just kind of go accordingly. But, you know, during the day, I'd say is the biggest prep. 
And then once game time comes, I have a great staff. They're really good at handling a busy crowd, a busy night kind of thing. So it's I have a very self-reliant staff, which means I don't have to do a ton of stuff during the game, which is nice That's because good. I can help out elsewhere when other people need it or, you know, I can assist my staff just when certain things, you know, fires need to be put out, so to speak. Um, I help with the personalizations during the game with our heating press and stuff like that. So it's it's such a grind during the day for us that at night it's nice to be able to kind of take a break during the game. Yeah. So <laughs> I gotcha. And last question, what's been your personal favorite memory working here? It can be something that happened during a game. It could be something you did outside of the ballpark as a member of the organization. What what's something that just jumps out at you as your favorite thing? Oh, that's tough. My favorite thing. I think one of my favorite things for a while, most of this year before all the flags got uh, tore up from the storms, was when me, Joey, Michael, and sometimes Brian or whoever else and uh, Mike Crenshaw would go and just collect the flags at the end of the night, probably about the sixth or seventh inning, we'd kind of Everyone would be at that point in their evening where you could kind of take a break. We go take the golf cart, go out front and collect all the flags that are out by the street. The just the stories that I could tell you from just us going out there and doing that stuff. I can only imagine. Just hilarious. Which when we were getting flags is when we discovered Drew the cat Mm -hmm. out in the uh, grounds crew shop. But he was always so scared to talk to us. So us being back there more and more, I think he got more acquainted with us and more comfortable and then that's when Willie and I started naming calling him Drew and then you know he started to come out a little bit more but I mean there's I think that's been one of my favorite memories just because it's not one specific memory it's It's the camaraderie absolutely it you know it's that one specific thing that we did but you know the combination of people whoever it was on a given night it was just always an adventure because you could get together, you could talk about what was going well, maybe what wasn't going so well. You could blow off a little steam before you come back in and the game's over and kind of regroup and get back to the positive stuff. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Denise, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Here in the home clubhouse with clubhouse manager, Willie Lawrence. Willie, how you doing? Doing great. How about you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How long have you been here with the Wahoos? Since day one. Since day one. And how did you get your job here at the Wahoos? I know you you originally started on grounds crew, correct? That's that's correct. Um, Went through the normal interview process, um, the uh, job fairs, and got a job as a game day employee on the grounds crew. Um, Had a background in turf management. Was working for one of the local golf courses at the time. Season two, the... uh, Grounds crew had an opportunity to hire an assistant groundskeeper, and I was lucky enough to fit those qualifications. And year two, year three, was the assistant groundskeeper um, with Ray Sayer. Perfect. And you know, you guys have done a fabulous job with the the field and everything, with you know, keeping it, keeping the grass looking great, the dirt looking great. I can imagine there's a lot of long days. Um, doing that. People don't realize um, in 2013 specifically, 365 days in the year. Me and Ray did not come to work five days. We worked 360 days in 2013. Wow. That's crazy. Welcome to the best, <laughs> welcome to the best field in the Southern League. <laughs> now, currently, you're the clubhouse manager. What's it been like transferring from working on the ground screw to now, you know, basically working with the players? Totally different. Totally different. Nothing that anybody could prepare me for. Um, The biggest misconception was that I would have some free time, and that is not true. Uh, Working with the players, a typical day starts about 8 o'clock in the morning, and on most nights we aim to get out of here at 2 o'clock the next morning. So 18-hour days are the norm for a clubhouse attendant. What exactly do you do? You said you get here at 8 o'clock in the morning. What do you do to prepare for when the players arrive? Like, What's your, your routine on a game day? Well, on a game day, wake up, go shopping. Uh, fresh fruit 
is a requirement, you know, for any professional athlete or anything like that. So typically my day starts at eight, but it starts at home at eight, headed to a store, whether it be a box store or a local grocery store or even a co-op to find uh, fresh fruit, a variety of fruit, those sorts of things. Um, typically there is a package that needs to be shipped somewhere out of the 25 guys. We have zero that live within 100 miles of Pensacola. So anything they get, anything they want to send has to be shipped uh, via one of you know the carriers. Um, after that, come in. I'm typically here around 10, 1030, um, tying up any loose ends from the night before. Uh, the biggest thing with the home clubhouse is home teams wear white. Mm-hmm. And those white uniforms need to be white. So there's always five or six pants, one jersey that didn't come clean, even with scrubbing the night before. So we'll scrub those for a second or third time handling that. Um, setting up the, um, let's call it the kitchen area for when the guys come in. So they have snacks. They'll have, like I say, their fresh fruit, their cereal. There's um, all sorts of uh, lunch meats, cold cuts, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, those sorts of things for them to eat. Uh, we have an unusual group that three or four of them typically arrive around 11.30, even for a 6.30 game. And when the players arrive, you're at their beck and call. So, it, and again, it can be anything from taking a girlfriend or wife to the airport, picking up someone from the airport. Again, something that needs to be shipped. Um, a run to the pharmacy to pick up some medication for a player. You name it, it will come up. And like I said, my day gets hectic when the first players arrive. Mm-hmm. And in closing, what's been your personal favorite memory working with the Wahoos since you've been here? There's really not a specific memory. I mean, this has just been a wonderful experience over the last four years. I mean, I've I've had more great experiences in my last four years here than I've had in 30 years of work history. Um, one thing that sticks out that I never imagined was being around uh, Barry Larkin, who is a Hall of Fame baseball player Mm -hmm. and not only did I get to meet him uh, once for five days but he came back a second time for three more days and that sort of exposure is not the right word but that sort of um, encounter I would have never never ever expected yeah Willie thank you very much for your time you're welcome back here with the director of food and beverage from the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Mr. Afonso Jefferson. Afonso, how you doing? I'm well today. How you doing there, Derek? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I know I know you haven't been here too terribly long with the Wahoos, but ha- how long exactly have you been here? I've actually been here going on uh, close to six months. Six uh, months, okay. Started at the end of um, April, and, you know, just kind of enjoying my time period here and just, you know, really, really getting used to the Pensacola community. And how did you find out about the the job here? How did you get the job here? Uh, well, um, through the company I work for, which is um, Ovation's Food Service, now Spectra, uh, by Comcast Spectacore, we actually have a contract with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos to run their food and beverage here. And um, I actually was the concessions manager in Chicago, I mean, ugh, excuse me, in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Charlotte Knights. And uh, the opportunity for a promotion showed itself, and I was asked by the uh, president of our organization to to kind of come and interview for the position and see if it was a good fit for myself. So it's kind of how I found out about the position there, sir. And how long have you been working in food and beverage? I've been in food and beverage since I was uh, 16 years old. So I say, you know, it's about 16, 17 years now. Um, you know, just to give a little background about myself, I started in a theme park uh, being a catering manager, you know, just kind of starting from the bottom and working my way up. Um, ended up becoming a sous chef for the commissary there. Just kind of learned more of the culinary world. And that kind of drove me into the sport and entertainment world. You know, once I got out of college, I opened up the Charlotte Bobcats Arena in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and that landed me my first salary job with um, the Cleveland Browns, the National Football League. Then I moved to the Cleveland Indians uh, for the Major League Baseball. 
and ended up in New York uh, working for the New York Red Bulls and also supporting New York Giants and Jets there. And then kind of after that, moved back to Charlotte to get more closer to family. And that's what kind of landed me back in Charlotte. So, and of course, here. So I've been a little bit everywhere. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Preparing for a game day, you know, I've, I've talked to almost every department here, but what, what exactly do you do on a game day? Like, you know, what time do you show up and what are, what's the process you go through to prepare for a game? Well, usually here in Pensacola for a game day, what we do to prepare for that game is uh, usually starts early in the morning, 8.30. We usually have a game day staff meeting with the client, um, kind of meeting, go over and, uh, going over the, the details for the day's game. Then we actually go into uh, me and my office manager get together and we talk about uh, what we're planning to do for the day, i.e. what locations we're opening, uh, how many banks that we actually need to make for those locations, and then setting that up in the system, which our POS system here is Quest. So going into Quest and just making sure that we are ready set with all the paperwork and those type of things, because usually our staff shows up, uh, our leaders and supervisors show up about two hours before gates, and then everybody else kind of 30 minutes on uh, their own shifts behind that. So we kind of have, you know, a full day to get ready for before 1 o'clock when usually our leaders and supervisors show up. And in closing, what's been your favorite memory so far of working with the Wahoos? I know you said you've only been here for six months or so, but what's something that's really stuck out in your mind as you know, something you've really enjoyed during your time here? Uh, during my time here, it's just the, the the family feeling, the team feeling. You know, being in this area, everybody you know, kind of comes together as a big community in Pensacola. It's not it's not like being in the bigger metro areas where you have certain niches that kind of click to either whatever sport organization that you're with. Literally everywhere I go in Pensacola, everybody knows about the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and they love it. And, you know, they see that shirt or that, that logo, and they just want to have a, a great conversation about this organization, which is a really good feeling, a really good feeling. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for your time. Oh, anytime there, Derek. Back here with the groundskeeper of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Mr. Ray Sayer. Ray, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. How long have you been working here with the Blue Wahoos? I've been here since during construction. So I started in December of 2011. So kind of kind of sort of halfway through the the initial construction period and and just kind of got to see a little bit of behind the scenes of when they were building it. So it was kind of an interesting process. And how did you get the job as, as groundskeeper? Well, luckily, you know, I'd been uh, doing this for a number of years before for a couple other teams um, and and you know to some extent you're always looking to kind of better yourself move up in the ranks just like the ball players you know you kind of start at the bottom and you work your way up and with the initial goal of I guess being in the big league so so this was like a, a natural progression upward for me um, and funny story my wife and I uh, came to Gulf Shores to get married and while we were there I said hey let's go to Pensacola I'd like to meet the team so I came I actually spoke to Jonathan for probably 45 minutes that day and we just kind of kept in touch and I sent my resume and and we went from there great great and what's the uh, how long have you been in groundskeeping because you said you look at it as kind of like baseball where you want to move up in the ranks how long have you been working as a groundskeeper? I've been working in sports, turf, in general since uh, 1999. So I graduated high school and then kind of moved into a summer job with the University of Kentucky working on their sports fields. Uh, and then in 2002, I got a job in AAA Louisville working for the team there. And that's kind of when I fell in love with the baseball-specific side of things. Uh, and then uh, in 2005, I became a head groundskeeper for the first time. So um, a number of years I've been doing it, and it's fun because every day is the same, but every day is exactly different than any other day. So it's, it's kind of fun because you never know what to expect. And preparing for, for a game, because I know you and, and Wes, your assistant groundskeeper, work on the field every day, even on non-game days, but what's different about preparing for a game as opposed to just working on the field while the team's on the road? 
most of our work, what I would consider work, or trying to make the field better, happens when the team's on the road. So, I mean, it's a full-time job even when they're on the road. Uh, once, it, once we get to a homestand, it's more or less kind of maintaining and keeping our consistency. So, so as far as on a game day, it's more or less just working around the, the workout schedules for the team and just trying to get everything prepared on the field that we need to have prepared that day, whether it's, you know, kind of making sure the pitcher's mounds are ready to go either for some early work or for the game or the bullpens need to be ready. Um, and, and, you know, mowing the grass every day and that sort of stuff. So it's, it's more just kind of holding our consistency and making sure everything's kind of the same day in and day out during a homestand where when the team's on the road, it's a little more aggressive in what we can do, whether it's aerating or, or you know, maybe completely rebuilding a pitcher's mound and that sort of thing. So that, that's kind of the difference. And in closing, you've been here since the beginning. What's been your favorite memory working with the Blue Wahoos? I mean, there's there's things that I think back on. I mean, there's obvious things like the very first game and um, how cool it was to kind of, you know, the, the hard work that we put in, even though I'd only been here for four or five months, I mean, it was a lot of work to get ready for the very first game. And, and the idea that that right before first pitch, the Blue Angels fly over and that kind of a symbol of Pensacola and baseball's back, uh, that's that's kind of a cool memory, um, and and then again, there's the Billy Hamilton record-breaking year. That's that's kind of a cool thing because you know there was footage of me running out and kind of switching the bases out after he tied the the record, and then after he kind of broke the record. You know, I I, I wasn't really a part of that moment, but but I kind of snuck in there with some <laughs> some footage, and you know, ended up getting a lot of text messages. You know, hey, I saw you on ESPN and all this kind of stuff. So that's I mean, pretty cool. Uh, but, but just, I think, I don't think I have any one specific memory. I think it's just the idea that, that kind of every year we, we kind of get back together and in April we start baseball again. And it's kind of just a new chapter in life, a new chapter in baseball in Pensacola every April when we kind of open up a new season. And, and you know, here, here in, you know, a week or so we're going to kind of close that chapter uh, for the for this season, so it, it's kind of you know it's it's a long season, it's a grind, it's tough, but you know a lot of good memories and and you know I think every opening day is special. Perfect. Well, Ray, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, thank you. My thanks again to all members of the Blue Wahoos front office staff who took time out of their very busy days to speak with me for a few minutes about what they do to prepare for a Blue Wahoos baseball game. And next week, we'll be concluding our look into the world of the Blue Wahoos with owner Quint Studer. And don't forget, you can find past episodes of the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or you can stream them directly at ddepodcast.com. And don't forget, you can follow me on Facebook. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience, as well as Twitter at dde underscore podcast. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll see you guys next Thursday.